Blog Talk Radio. I'm good. You're real low, Yvonne. How how about now? Oh, much better. What the hell was you in a can? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had my um my mic down low. Hello everyone. I'm Yvonne Latrell mm. from Yvonne Latrell's podcast. Everybody, I hope you all heard what I said, but I said what I said when I said what I said. It's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I'm so happy. I'm so happy today. You sound like you're happy. Like, you you all right over there? Because uh, you said you had the mic low. I don't know if you was reminiscing. You know, it's been a minute since you oh was on the day. <laughs> Listen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me yep, tell I you. I said it on the air. I fucking said it. Yes, I did. <laughs> let, but no, you know what? I, I let me tell you what happened. I forgot all about this. I forgot to tell you this. Um, a few days ago, uh, I had uh, a dream, and oh, out of shit. all, <laughs> listen, uh, I had a dream. <laughs> but listen, out of all people, little by uh, wow. Oh shit! Uh uh-uh, uh, hell, mother, you know, no disrespect. You know, he's a <laughs> cute little boy. I mean, yeah, he's a man, but he looks like a little young boy, and you know, I like a grown man. Uh, I dreamed oh, that this. Shit. I dreamed that Labawal gave me some oral sex, and um, I, it felt Damn. real. It felt real. Oh shit! You was in a puddle <laughs> when you woke up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, something like that. It felt so real. I woke up. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I came. Like it felt so. That is listen. That is a true story. This actually happened, and I'm like, why this gonna be Morris Chestnut? Damn, little bow wow. Damn. That probably came. That probably came from the uh, the conversation we had the other night on the show. Damn. <laughs> I wonder if you got your butt plugs and all that yet. <laughs> no, I didn't say I was getting a butt plug. That wasn't me. I said what was a butt plug. But um. Oh no, boy. <laughs> you sound fantasies of Bow Wow and shit. I it know. felt real. It felt real. It should have been Morris Chestnut. But um, was y'all on one hundred six in Park? Um, in other news. <laughs> oh, so you know, I had um. Okay, so I got an email from uh-huh. a guest, and they want to know if we can do like Q and A, like uh. Some of the people they want to access questions, um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's something different. Like, um, you know, if you are okay with that, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Sure. Hell yeah. I'm. I'm. You know me. You know. I'm game. You know. I'm always game. 
Okay. Well, we probably may do a little segment in a little while. If um, if anybody want to ask us questions and answers, you are more than welcome to. If uh, let's see, you okay? So if you guys want to call us live, the number here is what is the number? Five six three nine 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 three five four eight. Again, that number is 563-999-3548. If you want to come on the show live, you guys can catch us live. We do have people on here now, so you guys can always uh, catch us live. And also, you guys can email us or you can text the podcast, and Essie and I will definitely get those questions that you um, are dying to access. The number to the Mm. podcast is 305-204-3371. Again, that number is 305-204-3371. And don't forget to call us. Call the show live is 563-999-3548. But, um, yeah. All right. Shit. Oh. Yeah. Let them, let them. Okay. You got to say something? Um, no. I thought you was going to say something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say shit. You know me. I'm game. I'm game to, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm an I'm a open book. You know, so, shit, I think that would be interesting, you know? Like some, okay. um. Okay, well, you know, I do somebody... see. Okay, well, um, if you want to, we can, um. Uh... Take a call. Um, all you have to do is raise your hand, and and we will probably take a call. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Having a little issue with the system, but we will end up taking a call. Yeah. I know. I think your, your mind is cloudy because of that little Bow Wow incident. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, wow, um wow, wow. all people shit. Right. You know, hey, okay. it should have been Romeo. <laughs> no. It shouldn't have it should have been more chestnut. <laughs> but um I'm gonna take a call if you don't mind. I see um a few people with their hands up, so I uh if you wanna take a uh call right now and Essie? Sure. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, let's go. Well, I'm trying to let him in. Hello? Hello? Hey, how you doing? Hey, hi. How hey, are you? Up? How you doing? I'm all right. What's going on, FC? And um, I forget your name, Miss. But um, my name is Dave Vaughn. Yeah, I'm calling him Dave Vaughn from Memphis. <laughs> Okay. I like your show so far. What's this thing about the butt plug thing y'all was talking about? That was crazy. <laughs> Say that again? I said, what's the thing about that butt plug thing y'all was talking about? That was crazy. That was, that oh, was a crazy man. way to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so a uh, couple of days ago, we had um, porn star uh, Lucas Stone on Stone. I said Stone. Lucas Stone. And we had Pandora, and we had another young lady come on the show, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a, it was basically it was interviewing him, 
and he, you know, he had a couple of questions for the girls, you know, and uh, so we said that we were going to start doing a Freaky Friday, you know, <laughs> just start opening it up, and we just get a couple of people on the show, and we just get a Freaky Friday. Right now, um, we're going to bring Lucas back on the show, and we're going to probably bring um, Envy Star. You know, she's another porn star that we want to bring back on the show. You know, so okay. so that's why he to... asked one of the girls where she uh he uh did she have a butt? <laughs> he said I think he asked her if she had a butt plug in while he's at work, and um <laughs> she was like no, but she she don't mind a finger in her ass while she getting you know fuck. So mm-hmm. that's where all that butt plug came from. So Yvonne was like, um, what's a butt plug or something like that? And then we was like, she said she Googled it. So I was teasing her and said, oh, shit, Yvonne's going to get a butt plug. So the next time we're on the show, Yvonne's going to have a butt plug. You surprised how many women do that thing, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah. Just, 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 Everybody got a little freak in them. Yeah. I remember, when I, I remember when I was a yeah, I'm, I'm 47 now. I remember when I was like 15 years old, I was messing with this girl in Texas. I used to talk to her at work, and that's what she used to be sitting on that joint all day. <laughs> and that was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talking about years ago. Yeah. When that shit was taboo. <laughs> you said you 47 now and 15? Yeah. That was some years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? When that shit was taboo you now. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you That's know, everybody got their own little, yeah, everybody got their own little uh, kinks, you know. Yeah. We trying to we trying to get Yvonne to expose hers on the air, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. One day she's going to slip you can't, you can't come at her directly. I think you could do it, but you can't come at her directly. She's too guarded. You got to watch how, You got to watch the question. You got to leave them open-ended. You'll figure out something. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> You sound like you, you, we need to, hey, so where you from? I'm from Memphis. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Y'all, I'm y'all really, motherfuckers be wildin' out there, too. Yeah, yeah, we wild out, but, you know, we have our fun. All right. We have our moments, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so. Let me ask you a question real quick. I'm in the middle of working yes. at it. Um, do you think your whole view on life changes after, uh, you know, after you go through something, something traumatic. Do you think that your life you get, changes? You said. Yeah, do you think your view on life changes after you go through something traumatic, or, did, or is it just a, another obstacle you just overcome and keep it moving? Well, you know what? It's supposed to change. Everything in life is supposed to change. Nothing's supposed to stay the same, man. Everything right. is supposed to change. If you keep the same friends that you had, now I'm not saying all of your friends. I'm not saying all your friends because you got some real good friends that you grew mm-hmm. up with. And you got some friends that you know you should have broke bond and shit with your separate way, you know. And it's ironic you ask that question because I talked about that today. This guy was saying about how he was losing friends left and right. And I said sometimes we as people, we get stuck on the fact of history, we be like, oh, we had history with this person. We want to die and ride and all of this for this person. This, that, and so. Sometimes when when people leave out your life, God wants them out of your life because he has mm-hmm. a blessing for you. And if he, if you're still with that person or that person's still in your life, 
he feel that they'll, they'll benefit from that blessing. So sometimes you'll miss your blessing because you want to keep certain people around. Sometimes you just got to leave people where they at. Sometimes exactly. you just got to let people move on, and you have to move on. And that's part of now. becoming an adult. You know, yes. that's part you of becoming an adult. Sacrifice. You know what part of evolution is sacrifice? I didn't hear you say that. That's definitely true. I, I said part of evolution is sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you you gotta um, be willing to, to. It is okay to have friends that you're no longer cool with. It's okay. It's okay. It's 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 part of growth. And if they can't understand that, then they don't need to be your friend because they realize that. Everybody evolves at some point in time. Everybody has to change. And if you stay the mm-hmm. same from the past 20 years, you wasted 20 years of your life. That's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Very true. Very true. You know, so I, I just think that, you know, it's cool to lose friends. It's all right. It's all right. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong. Sometimes you, know. sometimes you lose family members too. Yeah, and that's and just because they blood don't mean that they they should be in your life. Because I'm gonna tell you, I have a bunch of friends that are not blood, but they're more family than some of my blood family. Wow, not all family is blood. Not all uh-huh. family is blood. Remember that. Oh yeah, I know it. I make I make it. A, I, I, unfortunately, I make it a a, a, a statement. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's what we go through, it's what we go through in life, and what what we what we come from out of it that that really creates yeah. that family bond. Such as this, I got five girls. You know what I mean? Four boys, five girls. Mm-hmm. I'm really protective of my daughters. I gotta watch who I keep around. Yeah. 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 You have to. You know, even your sons. You know, and I tell people just because they're a male don't mean that they can't pop a Don't think that. They can't, you know, because there's boys and there's people that's 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 not female that'll be attracted too. They're, you know, everybody thinks, oh, they're not trafficking boys. They're not doing this to men. They're not doing this. Oh, no, they're men doing it. are raised as well. <laughs> they doing women it. Are raised, you know, yeah, they're doing it. it it's like, it, and it's just not talked about because it's not a masculine thing. So man, a right. man don't want to say, oh yeah, I was raped or she disadvantaged me and this, this, that, and the third. And another thing that was a big case, and uh, I want to say it was in New York with his guy. He refused to really testify, but they wanted him to testify against this woman. And the woman said in her defense on why she didn't consider that was rape was because he had an ejaculation. And then they said that there's studies that show that a lot of women that have been raped do have orgasms, but that don't mean that they enjoyed it. It's just something that their body did. You understand what I'm right. saying? There's, you you know, right. with men, uh, shit, the wind blow the right way, our dick gonna get hard. You understand what I'm true. saying? So it, that don't, you know, so that don't mean nothing. You know? So right. That's like on another note, like one of my sons, uh, my second oldest son, like he liked to follow in his dad's footsteps. You know. Some of them footsteps ain't the best footsteps in the world. You know, his dad did some things, whatever the case may be. He yeah. took a step in the direction that we didn't want him to take, and I was ready to go at the people that he took the step with. And I had to, I had to get pulled back from the situation because by my people to tell me that I was wrong. Yeah. Because if I didn't want that to happen yeah. to him, then I should have grabbed his ass up way beforehand. You know what I mean? So yeah. well, you, you know right about having to look out for the boys, Wallace? too. 
Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times with fathers, there's a way that you tell your son of things that you did and the things that you don't want them to do because you did it. A lot of times we get into the habit of glorifying what our, our, our tender years. We'll be like, yeah, man, I remember when I smashed this girl on the roof and I did this to this girl, finger bang this chick and this, that, and that. And at, at the same time, we're trying to teach our boys a lesson, but at the same time, in their eyes and what they're listening to, it's like, damn, my pops was a monster. My pops, you know, my pops was a man or whatever, whatever. It's a certain way that we have to approach our boys about certain things. Like when we know something oh, that they've done or we see something yeah. that they do. And, yeah, you, you don't want the streets to teach them because the streets are definitely teaching some crazy shit, you know, because think about how many times we heard. That you don't want them to know. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, and, and this and this um we just gotta be able to know how to approach our sons. You know, we gotta be able to be like, Hey, listen, son, um, I see you you might be interested in this, or I see you doing something like this. What's 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 your interest in it? And when they say, Well, you know, Dad, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, this, that, and the third and be like, What do you think will come out of that? Because I'm gonna tell you what I think yeah. will come out of it. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like we're telling them a story of, and, then they, and then they might be inquisitive, but like, Dad, how do you know that? But like, well, I was in a similar situation. You know, instead of us being like, yo, man, me and my boys, man, we had this girl, yo, we ran a train on her, and we did this, this, that, and the third. Now our son's looking at us like, damn, my pops was the fucking man. This nigga, him and his boys are doing all this crazy shit, you know? So we got to really understand that, you know, and, and trauma comes um, – in different forms. It can come in a bad form, and it can come into what we think is a positive form. You understand what I'm saying? Because we have to break certain bonds. We have to break some traditional curses, some some, some things that we're living with. Cause, you know, because most of us, come on, be, let's be real. We had an unhealthy sex life growing up because we really didn't know what the fuck we was doing. We might have halfway knew how to put on a goddamn condom. You understand what I'm saying? And for the most part, our parents told us, you better not come in here with no fucking girl pregnant, this, this, that, and the third. But we was out there doing all types of crazy shit. I'm pretty sure you got some crazy stories, because I know I got some crazy stories. I got um, some we lost. crazy stories. Hello? We, we lost him. Uh, his call dropped. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm going to keep talking, because, you know, he might be listening on the, uh, the radio or whatever. And you echo it, Yvonne. What the hell are you doing? What's that, that Michael Jackson thriller shit you doing with your phone? <laughs> wait, wait, what am I echoing now? No, you're not. But before you echoing this shit, okay, I'm waiting for you now? to go, ha, 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 ha. Uh, nah, you good. Okay, good, okay. You know, oh, um, gosh. But, yeah, so, um, and other news. <laughs> <laughs> You know me, bro. I go on and on about some shit. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, I'm in the news. <laughs> um, well, how was your day since we did uh, decide uh, to take that call? How was your day, Essie? My day was okay. I um, I I didn't get in the house until about two thirty this morning, and I had to be up by six. Because I had to go for another evaluation for my physical therapy. Um, uh, I think things are going to go a little different 
I'm going to do more aquatics this time around compared to last time I did the physical therapy, I did aquatics. And I feel like it helped me out a lot. You know, it takes a bunch of weight off you to pound in. You could do squats and all this other stuff in the pool that I can't normally do outside the pool. So I went for that and things, you know, so I got a bunch of appointments coming up with that, you know. And um, besides that, I did some writing, you know, and I came home. My sister wasn't feeling too good, so I babysat my little niece. You know, you don't you don't heard my niece how she be acting over here sometimes, you know. But and then I came home, so that was my day. <laughs> how was your day, Yvonne? Hello, hello. I think I lost you. Let's see. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know what happened. Oh. Okay. So, anyways, um, okay. So, continue. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know where I left off at. Oh, you asked me how my day was. Yeah. No, I was saying happy October. Um, I said happy October to you and everybody else. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's October now. And, uh, oh, yeah, and I love this time of year. Oh, my gosh, we are all over the place. Oh, you're all over the place. (laughs) Snap out of it. Your ass, no, your ass better snap out of me and get my wife off your damn mind. <laughs> I should have never told you that. <laughs> I should have Come never. On. Come on. <laughs> you know, if I have a crazy day, you know, I'm going to tell you everything. Like, yo, guess what, man? Guess who the fuck I tripped about? <laughs> mm <laughs> you know, but you know, it's cool. You know, we, you know, most people pick, you know, other people, but you chose Bow Wow. It's cool. I'm nothing against the brother. I got nothing against him. You know, you know, he's good. I people, do. You know? um, I don't want him on in my dreams at all. Shit, he, you must have wanted something because he, he left you in a puddle. <laughs> I can't believe Bow Wow out of all people. How? What the well, fuck? Listen, so you said nobody ever did it. He did. He looks like he can I'm be my like, son. Uh, he looks like a child. His face is too youthful. Yeah, he, I need a man. That might, some... be, um, that, that might be Stella getting her groove back. He might be uh, uh-uh. he might need a little, little, little young thing, girl. No, Stella needs a, a, a cobwebs pop. off that motherfucker. <laughs> Ain't no cobwebs. Stella needs um, a pop with um, some salt and pepper in that beer. 
Nah, you say you need one fucking a wheelchair. Not, not no baby face. That no. That can't do nothing. That nigga can't do nothing for you. No way. It wasn't why you hurt his face. That was about it. Well, oh my gosh. Well, I definitely want to say that, I mean, and it seemed like I'm repeating myself over and over about um, my dating status and about, hey, I'm single and I'm not going to, you know, date anybody until 2024. You know, I'll just have to see what the connection is looking like. But it seems like so many people are interested in me. Guys, um... No, don't. I mean, I can't blame you. I mean, one, look at me, but this is not the year. <laughs> this is not the year. I have so many guys that are interested in me. Oh, my gosh. So many guys. Hey, guys, please don't embarrass you're, yourself. Just stop you're it. You're an attractive-looking woman. You have a chance. You're an attractive-looking huh? woman. Don't do that. I say you're an attractive-looking well, woman, you know. Well, you're you a very guys, smart man. You know. I, can see, I can see that your eyesight works <laughs> very good. Oh, yeah, I got 2020. <laughs> you got great eyesight, I can see. But, yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, eyesight, insight, foresight, you know, every sight you can think of, I got it. But I've made it known that I'm not going to uh, date anybody this year. I'm not trying to be serious with anyone, and no one is paying attention. Everybody want to do what they want to do. Not this year, guys. They want hunch on you, girl. Um, but um, well, okay. So before we bring on our guests, um, is there anything else that you want to say before our, our guests come on the show? Uh, no, nah, not really. Um, you know, brush your teeth before you go to bed, floss after every meal. Um, <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> I got nothing before. Okay, all right. So I do see. So I do see that uh, the guest is on, and I'm going to let her in. All okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hi, it's Michelle. <laughs> Hi, hey, Michelle. Michelle. How, how are, are you? you? I'm good. How are you? We're great. Thanks for asking. Great. I'm doing good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I hope you, you, you know, I hope we, we um, make you think, like, who the hell podcast am I on, you know, I know you don't heard some of our conversation, but this is just me and Yvonne, you know, okay. how we talk and how we act. <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Okay. Um, can you tell us some about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I live in Pennsylvania with my husband, Ron, and our two cats, Jack and Sparrow. And okay. I am a, yeah, and I work as a paraeducator in a school. Uh, this year I'm working with sixth grade students, and some of them have disabilities. And I'm also a disability writer. I, uh, um, I have my own blog called Michelle's Mission, where I write about having a learning disability. And, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So, so um, what made you get into that field? One of the things that I, sure, one of the things that I definitely made me want to get into that field was my own experience with having a learning disability. I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with having one when I was in kindergarten, and Mm -hmm. I struggled in school socially and academically, and I knew that I wanted to go to college and I wanted to help people, other people that had uh, disabilities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I um I had worked for a company called Rescue. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but we um we dealt with adults that had disabilities, and we um used to help them. They would they would go into the to the world mm-hmm. and the working field, and some of us would go on sites and stuff, you know. And I found that as an interesting uh, choice. You know, I only did it for a short period of time, you know, and, and and the crazy thing is you get so attached to them and they become like your family, you know. I had one one guy, he passed away a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. His name was Algier, and he was like, you know, grumpy old man, but the, 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 to me that was my heart, you know. So I get it, you know. I get that, you know, that you want to help, and, and, and that field is, is a very interesting field. You know, so um, my next question is, what, how do you, what do you, when you said that you write books um, with, uh, with disabilities, you said, how did you, how did you explain that again? Say that again. Sure. I am a disability writer. I mainly mm-hmm. write, I, I have my own blog called Michelle's Mission where I post uh, disability mm-hmm. articles and I also have um, my photog- my love of photography is on there too. And I've also had uh, other articles published on the Mighty, uh, Nonverbal Learning Project, and some other sources mm-hmm. uh, where I get to write that. And I did, I don't have my own book yet, but I did have three stories published in an anthology uh, this summer called Rediscovering Your Purpose. And in that book, we had people that were taking a look at their lives at a workshop, and they had writing prompts where they had that chance to uh, be able to talk about some of their experiences in life, and the book is for purchase on Amazon. Oh, okay. Wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Are you going to continue to put out more books or, you know, on your own instead of doing the anthology? You know, are I you would going love to, like, to venture out and do your – okay. Eventually I would like to do a book. I would especially like to do ones on um, dyscalculia, which is my, one of my disabilities, because which is a math-based learning disability. And not a lot of people are aware of that. We're familiar with dyscal, um, dyslexia and reading-based ones, but a lot of times people haven't heard of that, and I think it's really important that, uh, especially for children, that they get that chance to understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So how do you pick the how do you pick the the um the subject that you want to talk about as far as the disability? Do you just choose a disability and you and you focus on that, or you know you focus on your own disability and talk about that more? 
I focus more on my own disability and some of the challenges that I may face. I talk a, a lot about that, and I try to use uh, metaphors to explain w what some of those things are. But I can also write about um, other disabilities as well. But I, I tend to focus on my experiences and things that ha have happened with me. <clears throat> okay. So do you have any um, books that you coming up with that you got coming up? Like um, I know you said you would love to write one, but do you have an idea or a, a date that you were thinking about putting one out? Well, one of my writing groups has told me in November that <laughs> I should focus in on writing the uh, children's books. So I uh, have a story, but I would like to try to revise that and try to send that out. Uh, it's a children's story. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, would you want to share your personal experience, or you know? Sure. I oh, I would lo I would love to. Uh, as I said, okay. I have a learning disability. I was uh, diagnosed with having one whenever I was in kindergarten. Uh, my teacher noticed that I struggled with things like tying my shoes and math, anything math-related. I just wasn't quite getting a lot of the concepts. And I was my parents' first child, so they didn't, uh, they didn't know what to base typical development on. And I can remember... Um, I was tested for having a learning disability, and sure enough, I definitely have one. I can remember having to repeat kindergarten that following year in a new school in our district. I began to receive uh, specialty instruction and accommodations, and I really felt whenever I was young, I, I spent a great deal of my time being frustrated. I just wanted to learn like everybody else and make my parents happy but it just it was really hard and I thought life was always going to be difficult and having this disability was going to be something that was really going to uh, just hinder me from being successful I mm -hmm. also struggled socially in school uh, the school that I went to was a very small uh, community they didn't value diversity, and I couldn't hide that I had to go to learning support for classes, and having that made me stick out in a negative way. So the bullying started when I was really young. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. And, and when I was younger, it was more, okay, I don't want to be your friend or you're not invited to a birthday party. But as I got older, uh, school got a lot easier for me academically. I was in more regular ed classes, but a lot of the bullying really increased as the, a lot of the groups became more defined. Thankfully, I had yeah. uh, an, an outside group that was an arts group in the neighboring school district, and I, I started hanging out with them, and that encouraged me to reach out to more groups in the community and I found a writing group that I'm still involved with uh, 20 some years later. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I got a and, question for you. Do you? Did, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to figure out, like, um, you know, like when you're younger, you learn how to cope with certain things, and you just don't right. really know how to cope with it. Now that you're an adult. 
what advice would you give a child that found out they have a learning disability or whatever that the age that you is at? Now that you're an adult, how would you think you would explain that to a child, the age that you was when you found out? I would explain to a child that they have a brain that is going to, or it's going to be a little harder to learn, or um, mm. they have a brain that's just wired differently, and they just they just learn in a different way, and things are going to get better, and we're going to find ways to be able to help you learn, and just to assure the child that they're very smart. Mm. Okay, so now that you're an adult, do you do you still feel like you struggle with your disability, or you think that you have it a little more under control? I do have times where I struggle um, as an adult. I can remember college was hard because a lot of people didn't think I could go to college because of my disability, and I was afraid of that myself. But things can be still difficult. I I still struggle with things such as math, uh, budgeting. That's really difficult. Uh, it can be hard when I work with uh, my students. Uh, I'm not the person that <laughs> can really help them much with their math, and that, that can be a, a challenge. I usually have to tell them, do not ask me for help on math, I, but come to me with English. So sometimes that can be hard. I'm, I'm not able to drive because I also have visual perception issues. And it's mm-hmm. not in my eyes, but it's in my, uh, it's in my brain. So things such as uh, driving right and left and just coordinating all those things together uh, are really hard for me. And mm-hmm. I also have limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. So mm-hmm. uh, unlocking doors can be really hard for me. Uh, anything with mm-hmm. the fine motor skills is tough. Handwriting is hard. But for all of those things, I have found ways that I can adapt and I can be able to uh, work and uh, be able to find a way to go where I need to be able to to go to and just be able to do all those things in life. And it's just I have to – it's not that I can't do them. I just have to find a different way. Okay. Do you find yourself, because you know – what your disability is that you're stronger in other things than the weakness that you have in your disability? Yes, definitely. Uh, writing has always been something that I've been really good with. I can remember mm-hmm. um, my dad would read me stories every night, and one of the first things I uh, did was I wrote a story when I was in second or third grade about a dinosaur. And my dad mm-hmm. said, wow, that's really good. And that gave me that confidence to keep on writing because that was the first thing I found out that I was good at. And I can remember I, in my writing group I had a friend that told me, you know, you should really write about having a learning disability. And I said, I don't know, that's kind of personal. But when I finally wrote about my struggle with limited hand dexterity and I got, had that first article published on The Mighty, it was one of the most healing things I've ever done. And... I also find that uh, because I can't drive, I can notice other details uh, when I'm in the car with my husband. We'll be in the, in the car and I'll say, babe, did you see that? And he'll be like, no, I'm focused on the road. But he is getting better at paying attention to 
things now and pointing things out to me. And I'll get a chance to go and take a picture of a flower if I don't have a ride somewhere. And uh, sometimes I might have seen it in the car or just sometimes on my walks. And I, mm. if I would have been driving, I wouldn't get that chance to take the photograph, uh, that picture. And I have a lot of people that tell me, you can bring out details in a flower that I miss. And so mm. I, I um, put my photography on my blog as well. And I also have had that featured in magazines. And I also was invited to a gallery crawl where I had a chance to uh, show my photography. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, I know, like, um, when we were taught, when we went through our training, you know, they called it, mm -hmm. I think it was inclusion, right? They mm -hmm. considered the community right. inclusive. Okay, so when we were taught, they said that um, sometimes with that community, and we have to refer to them as a community because they are. And even though they, th they think and respond differently than us, they still mm -hmm. function in their own community the way they do. Has there ever been a time and a behavior, they, usually they call it a behavior when they act out or whatever, and you got to redirect mm -hmm. them, and that's what it's called, the redirection. Have you ever right. had a situation that you dealt with somebody that that was that tr you triggered a behavior and it triggered your behavior or it triggered something in you? Well, I think sometimes whenever I am working with a lot of my, the students, uh, it, it's almost mm -hmm. like hearing a recording of myself at that age. Sometimes they'll come in saying, I hate my learning disability or I hate my individual education plan. And that kind of brings back a lot of things that I felt whenever I was that age. But one of the things that we really try to do is I get that chance to kind of go when somebody might be feeling that way. I, I can kind of empathize, I can definitely be empathetic with them and I can say, you know, having that disability isn't the worst thing. And mm -hmm. I can just now see all the pieces that came together from maybe the, the pain that I felt and just seeing how I can work that out for somebody else. Okay. Now, the inclusive students that you work with, are they from mm -hmm. a group home setting or are they from their, fa their family setting? Uh, the students that I work with are from their family settings. Uh, most of the okay. ones that I deal with are in learning su uh, learning support environment. Uh, a lot of them have autism. Some of them have, uh, and learning disabilities are, are popular as well. Uh, we do get other health impairments such as uh, hearing impaired and visual impairments as well. But uh, learning disabilities and autism are uh, probably the biggest variety we see, along with behavioral issues. Sometimes we get students that mm -hmm. uh, have a behavioral health diagnosis and they um, have come from some pretty rough demographics. Okay. Are you... How how did you come out and say to the world, I have a disability, I know I have a disability, and I'm proud to know that I have a disability, but I know how to handle my disability? That was a very slow process for me with that because mm -hmm. for so long I wanted to hide that I had a disability. 
And when I was in my 20s, I went back to university after I moved back in with my parents for financial reasons. And I decided that this was the time to use the disability accommodations that were out there and to advocate for myself. And I would tell my professors that they didn't know me, that who I was and that I had a learning disability. And I found if I told people that I had a disability uh, that needed to know that I would have a better experience. Uh, my grades improved and more, more people understood what my needs were. And then when I got that bachelor, when I had my bachelor's degree, I really felt uh, definitely very confident in myself. And it was just through sharing my story, taking my friend's advice, and uh, getting that story published, and just sharing it in writing groups and online, and just talking about it has always been really helpful for me. But a part of me had to accept that I had a learning disability, and I wasn't going to be neurotypical. And that was a, that was a grieving process because for so long, that's what I wanted to be. Mm. Okay, I got another question. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've, have you ever been in, in okay, so it's a two-part question. Have you ever been in a setting where you were on a field trip with your students mm-hmm. and you notice that? Because one thing I realized, people pick up what they want to pick up on when there's something different about a person. And sometimes mm-hmm. with, the, with that community is visual. You can visually see that there's something wrong. Or they'll do something, and you'll be like, hey, what's, what's going on here? You know, have you ever been in a setting where you felt that a behavior took place and they were treated differently by somebody what we would quote-unquote say that they were normal compared to your, your student that had a disability? I would say that sometimes that can be really. I worked with the visually. I've worked with visually impaired students before, and when we would go out on community outings, sometimes uh, my students would be afraid uh, to use their cane because they didn't want people. They didn't like that people would look at them and know that they they had a disability. And some of the things that uh, they might have come up and said. Uh, but I really haven't seen too much where people have treated them differently, at least from what I've seen. But uh, I, I, they definitely have felt that, and they had that hesitation because they didn't want to appear different, and they certainly didn't want to have people come up and uh, ask a lot of questions. Okay. And the reason why I ask that is because I know I mentioned my – my old client, mm-hmm. Algier, and the only reason why I said his name mm-hmm. because when you're dealing with that, that community, you're not supposed to say their name. You're supposed to go by right. their initials, their first and their last, their first initial yeah. and their last initial. Uh-huh. And the only reason why I mentioned his name is because he's, he's deceased at the, right now, you know, and it right. ain't like he's going to change tomorrow, but he's deceased, and that's why I brought it up. And one day I had him in Whole Foods, and mm-hmm. you really couldn't tell that there was nothing wrong with him and he had a, a behavior. And I oh, realized okay. that how the eyes went on him and everybody, you started to whispering and everything in that, in, in the third. And that used to upset me because I'd be like, yo, just because you can tell, you know, he's still human. 
He still has right. feelings. He still has emotions. And I and I and I said some things, and I shouldn't have said it. And then what happened mm-hmm. was, and I'm gonna tell you, when you deal with that community, you do anything wrong, they will find out where you work at, and they will contact headquarters. And that's exactly what happened. The home manager oh. hey, said, hey, listen, I need to talk to you, Ashley. I said, what's up? She said, listen, we got a complaint that something happened to Whole Foods, and you you either cursed out somebody or you said something. And I said, yeah, I did do it. I said, I did it. And I feel like people should understand that everybody is not, quote, unquote, normal. There's some people that have problems that they don't know how to deal with it. And it really made me mad. And that was my first time me experiencing that, where I seen, I outright seen people, like, damn near jump on him on verbally and staring and everything else. Yep. And, I, and I did. I got upset, and I, and I said some things I shouldn't mm-hmm. have said. And I told right. him, I told him, who y'all calling? It's <laughs> but I just wanted them to get that point across because he's still human. That was my right. buddy. Like, that was my bosom buddy. My days off, I would come get him from the group home and me and him go to McDonald's. But I did that on purpose Aww. because I would get him riled up and bring him back to the group home. <laughs> 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 I knew he was oh and they'd be like, right. yo, why would you do that? They was like, yo, you know, he he was perfectly fine until you brought that. <laughs> and then I come it's in the next day and tell him what he was doing, you know. You know, so, yeah, that's the reason why I asked that question. Because um, I right. know people deal with it differently. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. And, and, and you being the caregiver, caretaker, the provider, yeah. whatever you want to call right. yourself, you know that that hurts you because you realize because you deal with them and that you're you you they become family and it's it's amazing yep. how these strangers can become your family and you be like yo I love this dude or I love this girl and 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 you just can't explain it where people be like yo they just you know somebody got a disability you work with no it's a little deeper than that you know right you now develop, I got yeah. another question. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Finish what you're no, saying. You develop, you develop. I would yeah. say no. You develop a connection with them, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think of sweet, especially some of the kids that I help out uh, during the, mm-hmm. the day. I couldn't do math in this one class. And they're all coming around like, oh, do you need help? How can we help you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my, this is so sweet. <laughs> now, I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Okay. I know you had a favorite. Oh, <laughs> I've had many favorites throughout the years, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yes, I, I've definitely had a lot of favorites that I just I, – I love working with. And it just – your day – yeah, it's just when you see them <laughs> – uh, your 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 day just instantly brightens, and you just love working with them. I can remember I had one student that I worked with. Uh, she is graduated, but she loved work. Uh, she was wonderful to be with, and I was a one-on-one with her for a number of years, and she was one of my favorites. Mm. Um, we had a very, very smart, very bright, just, yeah, and I, I love working with her. And every year I get a few, you, you 
definitely have our favorites that we work with. We just have to not, not let anybody else know who are who they are. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Yep. <laughs> they know. They know that they're yeah. your favorite. They definitely mm-hmm. know that. And when she said the one-on-one, that's exactly what it means, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Whatever that person does, you're with them, you're assisting them because you're not supposed to do for them. You're supposed right. to assist them in all their daily activity. Exactly, now, um, yeah. I got another question for you. Okay. How hard was it for you to see them either move on to another class or them leave the school? I have to say graduation was really sad with my one on my last uh with with one of the one on ones that I had. Uh we had a lot of fun together for a couple of years, so that was really sad, but uh it's it's nice to to, to know that I was a part of that and she was able to move on. And it is hard whenever you do see kids and you like them, uh, your favorites, and then they go off to Mm -hmm. a a different grade or a different class or sometimes my schedule might get switched. So I don't get that, always get to have that interaction with them. So Mm -hmm. it, it can be really hard with that. Now, have you ever had a, 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 a peer tell you, hey, listen, how did you cope with this person? Because I'm having the biggest problems with them. Did you ever realize that some of them, even with change with them, was different and difficult because they didn't know how to express themselves and they started acting out with somebody else and you had to step in? I've had, well, with some of my students, yes, some of the behaviors that they had, um, there's just sometimes you can have um, different uh, different experiences with them. I can remember uh, we had a student that was really, she had behaviors where she would, um, she had trouble getting along with peers and some staff, and I would be able to go in with her and be able to distract her. And everybody knew that we had, I you know, we had a relationship where I could go in and at least get her a little more calm than maybe somebody else could. And, I would be, you know, be like, oh, okay, let's go, you know, okay, you're upset. Do you want to go take a walk? All right, so what's going on? And sometimes the other staff was not able to do that, but that's something I could do. Okay, okay. Before we close out, because this was a very interesting conversation, and is there anything else that you would like to share? I would just like, sure. I would just love to tell people that uh, have disabilities to uh, know what they want and uh, to be able to find a way to do that and that – just to hold on because things get better. And for those who are supporting someone with a disability, I just want to encourage them to just uh, keep on supporting them and uh, encouraging them to be the best they can be. Yes. And make sure that you stay on top of their BSP, their sites, their appointments, their doctor's appointments. Those are very important because that, helps your child or your young adult or your adult maneuver through life 
because if it's not on paper, then it doesn't exist. Exactly. In that community, if it's not on paper, if it's not documented, then they can't treat it. They can't do anything for them. So anybody that's right. having a problem with a child or whatever, just make sure that you stay on top of that, you know. But yep, Michelle, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, what was you going to say? Yeah, I, I, I was just agreeing, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. Well, we, no, no problem, no problem, no problem. We've come to the end of the interview, and I appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your stories with us. And maybe it can help other people that don't are not familiar with the community or might be interested in getting involved in the you know the community. Um, is there any information that you would like to share? Any contact information or email or anything that somebody can reach out to you and say, "Hey, listen, I have a child that I think might have a disability. How do I go about?" you know, getting this child evaluated or getting the doctors in place that I need to have a place. So mm-hmm. do you have any information you would like to share that people can contact you? Sure. Uh, you can find me at my blog, michellesmission.net, or you can email me at msteiner441 at gmail.com. All right. And, again, Michelle, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay, well, thank you so much. I certainly appreciate it. Okay. Uh, All right, everybody. Everyone, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in to the show. Again, that was Michelle Steiner. And that does it for us, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.